Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality. Today, I'm very, very excited. This is someone that this is the first time I'm having a conversation with them. I'm so excited to get to know them and potentially work with them. So without further ado, everyone, please welcome to the mic, new ritual chamber dominant goddess Phoenix. Hey, Phoenix. Hello. I would absolutely love to do a duo with you in the future. Oh my God. Yes. I, I, I am so freaking excited. Um, where should we start? I think maybe um, I have your ritual chamber bio pulled out. Let's go with the bio. Can I, can I read this? Yeah. Can I read this? Because it's amazing. Okay. So it says, Goddess Phoenix is a dainty deity who gravitates towards playful brutality, sacred touch, and nurturing. Twisting fears into carnal desires, this attentive sadist draws inspiration from a kaleidoscope of kinks, energy work and fetishes making for a uniquely intense experience this is amazing uh phoenix thrives off wandering through the deviant complexities of the human mind and spirit from chaos to grounding goddess phoenix cherishes the cathartic unconventional intimacy built through trust and surrender in a safe space that is a hell of a bio is it thank you there's a lot um okay there's a lot here right maybe you can talk about because this is something i'm not so familiar with like the energy work um that you're bringing up here you're talking about like the human mind and spirit you're talking about sacred touch can you tell me a little bit about that it's all about intention and what it is that you're wanting to work through with somebody most of my background kind of started at a younger age So I grew up in a household that was kind of geared towards spirituality. So spirituality kind of enmeshed itself into my being and how I go about playing and how I go about occupying spaces. Like I look at everything in the form of like energy and what you could better do to help it flow Hmm. in yourself and how you kind of help other people transmuting that energy for themselves. And I found that Like, if you really break down what kink is like, it kind of falls in line with spirituality for a lot of people in terms of, like, ritual, like, breath work, trying to figure out what it is that you're wanting to, like, unpack and move forward through. 
Mm-hmm. So I thought that it was an interesting thing to kind of continue melding those two things together and seeing what results you end up getting when you play in both realms. Mm. I love that because, you know, um, people approach kinks from all different, you know, in all different ways, right? And they come and book sessions with us for like so many different reasons. And like, you know, some people are just kind of content to do the activities um, and kind of play in that way, just kind of stay physical, you know what I mean? And they don't need any yeah. kind of underlying intentionality um, or like emotional or spiritual experience. Um, and that's totally I, valid too. Absolutely. I think it's just a matter of bringing presence and awareness into your body. And I find that from at least my experience as a switch, like Mm -hmm. that can sometimes be very challenging for a lot of people to obtain on their own. But sometimes if you have somebody kind of coaching you through like the breathing and finding different ways to find awareness throughout your body, a lot of people have a better time sinking into their subspace or at least finding relaxation in their body for a brief stint of time. Yeah, or getting out of their head, you know, that thing that people kind of say in the forum, a common one is like, I just want to like shut off my brain for a while. So like, starting off with some grounding activities and stuff, that's usually where I would start if I got that request is like, okay, let's get you, let's try and get you really in your body here and just be really present. So I really appreciate uh, hearing that, that you have a similar, if not like much deeper approach. (laughs) I think everybody has the ability to have that deep approach, though. It just depends on what it is that you're wanting to bring out of somebody. Yeah. And like how they're, you know, what they're looking as a client, what they're looking to bring to the session, right? Are you looking for like, you know, just to get a spanking and have it be like a simple spanking scene? Or are you looking to go deep? Are you looking to have like a profound experience potentially? You know what I mean? Because if they are, then I feel like you're the dominant for them, you know? Yeah, it depends on what they're looking for, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I love this because I am a playful dominant. So to hear that you also are playful, playful brutality, I like that. I'm, I call it like being like a sweet sadist. <laughs> yeah. I'm lovely and warm, but I love to hurt you. So I feel like maybe we it's have just that in watching common. people squirm, it's really funny. And I didn't think that I had that aspect inside of me until I started exploring more of my top side of the kink. And I was like, wow, I actually do derive like deep levels of pleasure from watching somebody (laughs) not able to predict my next move. So um, predictability, you relate to like playfulness? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it just comes from switching. Uh, When I first started easing into like doing more topping stuff, like I did continue to top basically from like how do I explain this are you a bratty top I'm a bratty top yeah (laughs) that's the only way of expressing it in a way that works so I think it just kind of translated over from where I was as a switch into my topping style so I kind of either go between doing things that are more tantric and divine energy work kind of based or we just go full playful where you can just have fun it's easier to just kind of laugh through things. And I've noticed that a lot of people process pain through laughter, which is interesting. Yeah, I got someone last night that had major pain giggles. It was so funny. I had him yeah. in a, a humbler <laughs> after like an intense caning session. Then I had him in a humbler, humbler. And then I had him like basically doing like positions, you know, like get on your knees. Okay, straighten up. Okay, stand up. Now lie down. No, like get, you know, what I mean? just getting them to move a lot. So that humbler is really doing, doing a lot of work. 
for me. Subtle backflip, go. <laughs> just subtle, the real subtle. Um, and he just started laughing so hard because, like, yeah, ex- exasperated at like <laughs> having to do all these things like so chaotically, but also intensely painful. He was just giggling away. I was like, this is so funny. <laughs> And it's just interesting to watch people move through that process of pain, though. Yeah. And it just kind of gives you a good perspective. Like, pain is so temporary. Mm. And if you are able to kind of catch, like, how to, like, fully release and surrender your body, it just turns into dopamine and oxytocin. You just have to wait through it. That is really beautifully put. Pain is temporary. That should be on a tote bag. Make the merch line. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> branding um i think that's like really cool because i i think some people like some clients that you'll you get you know they're new to kink right and yeah they come in really nervous and i think one of the things that like one of the things people can be nervous about is like ooh am I going to, is the pain element, right? Like, and like, how painful is this going to be? Do I have to put up with the pain to get maybe the sensual or emotional elements that I want? Like, and that I think is a common fear. So I think that thing, pain is temporary, is really good to remind But also you can use pleasure too, to torture somebody. Absolutely. And I think that sometimes people forget that that's the other side of the coin. We can go full pain or we can go through the pleasure route and turn the things that actually turn you on against you easily. Okay, so you're a fan of tease and denial. Okay. (laughs) A little bit. We love to hear it. (laughs) I love to watch them wait. (laughs) Yeah, wait. And definitely, potentially. You know what? Pain is temporary, but denial is forever. (laughs) (laughs) so like what are i love tease and denial also i actually just randomly taught a class on it i was like do i have enough material for a class sure i do um (laughs) gave it a go i definitely Uh, want to take that (laughs) workshop that and you did an improv workshop not too long ago too that i really i'm hoping that you're going to do another one you know what? Improv, I've taught many times, so I have no doubt in my mind that I'll teach it again. Tease and Denial, that was my first time teaching it, and I really hope it is one of those classes that I repeat many times, because not yeah. only was it a big draw, I think I think it was a big draw, because that's one that people who are, like, kinky curious, that's one that they could sign up for and feel good about, like, not feel intimidated. It's one of those topics that, like, you know, um, I'm sure a lot of people that identify as more vanilla or on the completely vanilla side kind of do do a bit of tea. You know, you do teas like that's. Yeah. That's, and it's, a, it's, it's definitely a great stepping stone. Yeah. Yes, that. Yeah. Stepping stone type of a kink. Um, so I think I should offer it again for sure. But like off the top of your head, if we're talking teas and denial, like what is what's what are some of your go to scenarios for that type of play? Mm, predicament bondage. If I have like a lot more time, like with a human than having them tied up in a position for a while where I can have full access to them or even like bound mummification style, Mm -hmm. being able to have access to their holes and figuring out ways that you can incorporate, honestly, vibration and penetration at the same time. And then seeing how far I can work that person up before I stop. Just, yep. just keep it simple. How yeah. far can we work you up and then stop? Because isn't, as somebody who you mentioned, you love the reaction, right? So yeah. 
Isn't that the best reaction? Even better than getting a pain reaction, isn't that the best reaction when you do turn off that vibrator or whatever it is? You stop stimulation and then they like a huge sigh or huff or like whatever it is. I love that reaction so very much. It's the discontent for me. (laughs) It's the discontent for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so... I'm again looking at this bio because there's so much there. So if we're talking about like pain stuff, because we said painful brutality, what's the brutal end of it? Like, what does that look for look like for you? I really enjoy impact play. And when I was kind of going from massage and kind of stepping more into like a topping headspace, just kind of having that as my starting point has really stayed with me. Hmm. And being able to like work with different like masochistic bottoms I found really charged how I played now because when I was starting to gain my footing I started playing with like a lot more experienced bottoms because as a switch you network you meet a lot a lot of the bottoms that are out there so kind of having permission to actually start like training and learn different techniques to kind of bring somebody to different pain points Mm-hmm. And figuring out how to get somebody to kind of pattern and like breathe through it, the sensation in order to kind of get to a new level in sensation. Yeah, I like how you mentioned the breathing because you're bringing that the energy work kind of into it during the pain play, just, right? Just in general, yeah, you have yeah. to be able to move all of that through you instead mm-hmm. of like getting rigid. And I find that a lot of people, if they're not ready to receive a certain level of pain, their body will get rigid. So kind of getting somebody into like a taffy-like state taffy is like. really interesting. Yeah. I like that. I talk, I say like, you know, I want you to be a puddle by the end of this. I want your brain to be melting out your fucking ears. You know, exactly. I, I, I like a taffy-like state. Oh my. That's kind of, that's delicious. <laughs> they're soft and gummy. And then they're pliable. You can do whatever you want with them, but you have to kind of get them into a relaxed, relaxed state where they can actually let go of their mind and just float and trust that they're going to be in the hands of somebody that actually wants to be there with them in that way. That's interesting. Does that answer your question? It absolutely does. Um, And you brought up this other thing of like, I think that's a very desirable scenario for people to want to, you know, go into, right? Like if we're talking about like clients booking you, I'm curious, like, how do you do that with people that you've just met, how do you establish, you know, that this is a safe space for them to get quote unquote taffy like? It's more so built on the intimacy you want to have with that person. Like, I think it varies from provider to provider, like what you're willing to give of yourself to that person. And I think that it takes like a degree of like not only intimacy, but you have to be vulnerable with the person that you're engaging with. I guess you don't have to, it's different for everybody. But for me, it's easier to kind of gain that rapport with them when I let them know that like we're equals to start until like our session begins. Like I'm here for you. I want to hear what your boundaries look like, like what spaces you want to explore. How do you want to feel when we're in our session? How do you want to feel leaving the session? And once you kind of gain that information from them and kind of vet what they're looking for, it's easier to kind of get started. But I'm not sure of like the best practices to go into like, hmm, 
like advice wise for just in general for people. Yeah. I was more yeah. meaning what you do specifically. So that's, yeah. Specifically I, for me, when it comes to like bookings prior, I would video call people just to kind of have an idea of like how they are as a person. Mm-hmm. And when I've spoken to other people that have been in pro domination or even like different forms of sex work, they say that that's a little too far off. Like you don't need to go that deep into it. Right. But for me, when I was working independently, it seemed like an easier practice and a way for me to kind of be at ease with the person that I'm going to be sharing like space with and then give them permission to like ask questions and inquire further. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, and I think, you know, that's a good point as well of like, everybody does it differently, like each provider, you know, it's whatever your comfortability um, and needs are surrounding your screening. So if you need to hit, hop on a video call, then make the clients hop on a video call if you need to get, you know, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree. That's something um, that helps me kind of establish that it's a safe space for the person is having like more of an in-depth negotiation. Like, I don't like to just kind of skim through that. I don't like to be, yeah. okay, what are the activities? Okay. What are your safe words? Let's go. Like that doesn't feel like we've settled literally at all. Like I want to know because having in-depth negotiation, yeah, you're kind of extracting information to be able to deliver a nuanced scene, you know, as best you can. But also it's that thing of like, let's just actually sit here for a few minutes and have you acclimate to the space. So it's doing those two things at the same time. It's like, we're being, you know, spending more time doing negotiations. Like that gives us more time to feel comfortable in each other's presences, you yeah. know? And then at the you same time, time to acclimate. Yeah, because that you need to take a bit of time, I think. So people that want to like jump right in, like just after like two seconds of negotiation, I'm like, no, 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 we can take a few minutes. Like, you know, we can take at least a few minutes. (laughs) I feel like if they're a more consistent play partner, it's definitely easier to jump into a session. But if this is our first time meeting, like it's easier to have a conversation and figure out where we're both at for the day. Yeah, because that's important for us, too, as the provider. Like, we have boundaries, too. And maybe our needs to facilitate a pro session are we need, like, 10 full minutes or 15 full minutes of negotiation. If they want to do a scene with you, that's what they're going to do, you know? So it's yeah. not all about their them feeling comfortable. It's about us feeling comfortable as well. Hence why we all have separate screening practices, subjective ways we do negotiation and whatnot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, you mentioned a couple times now, and I got to talk about you being switchy, because I am also a switch. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. Let's do it. Let's get in there. I'm, um, I'm interested if you think being a switch, like, enhances your domination in any way, like, does it? Um, yeah, does it add kind of some insight into the way you dominate or, or do your experiences as, as a submissive or a bottom? Um, how does that kind of come into your domination practice? I think it kind of showed me holes and areas that I kind of wanted filled for myself when I was first entering into the kink scene. And a lot of my domination is fueled by like what I didn't feel like I was presented with when I first entered into the kink community because I've been in the lifestyle longer than I've been at top. And I feel like when you're younger, you don't know like what to expect or who to like engage with. Mm -hmm. And 
being around a lot of different like submissives and being around a lot of different play sessions and doing a lot of different scenes kind of influenced how I perceived kink and what I can do more of in order to like better facilitate a scene that actually makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. So the way that I look at it, it made me more passionate in a lot of different ways because like I wouldn't do anything to anybody that I haven't actually gone through. Because I think mm-hmm. it's really interesting when you can actually take yourself out of your own shoes as a top and put yourself in their feet, <laughs> in their shoes and think about what that sensation might feel like how you would want something to go like psychologically for you, what kind of space you would need to actually like feel comfortable enough to sink into that space. Mm-hmm. So I think kind of having that firsthand experience and being in the actual element of kink itself and energy exchange and power exchange, it gave me like a better idea to kind of jump off of. Yeah, that makes total sense. I feel like, um, you know, a lot of pros, unfortunately, um, jump in without a lot of experience on either side of the slash you know what I mean so it can be easy to assume especially like sometimes with dominance comes the ego right so it's like it's easy to jump into this you know as kind of a newbie and assume that your way is the highway you know like you the like one true wayism that like without kind of really being compassionate about the other person's experience right so I think yeah for me my switchiness I'm like I think that does allow me to really you know be be empathetic and be compassionate with like the other person's experience not to say that like every pro has to sub to be a good dom we're absolutely not saying that but it does you can you know I know like experiencing the other side of the slash can bring some like valuable insight to the way you dominate um Absolutely. Yeah. And I think uh, like sometimes when you're working a lot, you know, uh, you can get in that kind of resentful headspace. And for me, moving past the resentfulness and back into like the humanity of the work that we do is always through that path of like empathy. You know what I mean? And like that this person is a human Um, just like I am. You know what I mean? Just like I am when I submit, just like I am when I'm, when I hire other providers, you know what I mean? And just to be access, yeah, that kind of gratefulness and that presence to like, be grateful to like share space with this person. And yeah, grateful that they're being vulnerable with you and doing this thing that's like outside the box, like it's scary, or and then they're nervous and all of that stuff to just like touch base with that once in a while is really helpful for me in my like pro practice. Exactly. And honestly, I feel honored to be able to witness other people's subspace because there are a lot of different subs that I've met throughout the years that I've felt like they are not able to actually have that for themselves. So in a way, I feel like I definitely live vicariously through some of the bottoms that I have because I'm like, wow, you get to experience this. And even like watching other scenes and other people play, it's, it's astonishing to kind of take in how far a power exchange can go. But I think that when I first started out, I was more so on the service side still. So the transition didn't seem like that far-fetched for me because I started off as a service sub. Mm-hmm. So if anybody had like a specific thing or like kink or fetish that they wanted facilitated, it didn't seem like anything off of my back to do that for them because 
it's not hard to invest in somebody's pleasure. It's fun. Yeah. And I think because I always viewed it as a game, it was, again, still easy to transition from that space into topping. It was just kind of figuring out the confidence aspect and finding other ways to kind of polish the skills and better demonstrate it through a top headspace versus from a bottom headspace. Yeah. So this is interesting um, because, you know, sometimes what we do as professional dominance, it kind of sometimes more uh, closely resemble service topping, you know what I mean? Um, versus like domination, yeah. you know what I mean? So I'm curious, like, how those feel different for you? If you, you said you're kind of moving from one space to another, where's the difference for you? Well, being a service bottom at that time, it means that I was still doing more things that were bottom oriented. Now, I don't really offer that service to anybody outside of like my private life. And it wasn't until I started taking more like online courses and like communicating further with headmistress Shahzad that I realized that you can be dominant. It just looks very different from person to person. Mm-hmm. So I actually had to expand my view on like what my dominance looked like and like through taking more workshops and just like further exploring what I want to gain from my sessions and like what I want to give for my sessions mm-hmm. further like influenced like why I wanted to continue topping. And it gave me like, again, another jumping point to work with where I can still be a part of the King community and not necessarily do it as a bottom because that space needed to be transformed into something else for me. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Part of just like broadening your idea of what is dominance? What does dominance look like? What does dominance look like for me specifically? Yeah. I just was really against it. I think when I was younger, Hmm. against like, I wasn't sure. Uh, I was more so against like topping because I wasn't ready to accept that portion of myself. Hmm. So I think that I had to kind of, do more like soul searching and like, again, still learn what it is that I gained from that headspace that made me want to further pursue it. Additionally, being able to create spaces that are like more trauma informed. Yeah. How do you create a trauma informed space? Like say if you're coming into ritual chamber and you have a client that wants to book you that, that is passionate about that as well. What does that look like versus um, the latter, I guess? I think that the like when people neglect to kind of ask further questions, because sometimes when you're jumping into a session, whether it's pick up play or not, sometimes you don't think to ask like what their background is like with that kink, why they're wanting to feel that way, why they're wanting to explore that specific thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people don't really have like detailed answers as to why, and that's valid too. But kind of just doing the due diligence of checking in to see like, what that person needs, like what that person looks like when they're dissociating, for example, what that person looks like when they're actually feeling unsafe, because sometimes some bottoms won't know how to like use their safe words. Yes. So really coaching people to use their safe words and not like assuming that by using your safe words, you're ruining the session because it helps me do my job. If I know that you can like tell me what you're going through, because I'm not a mind reader, I can look at your body language, I could pay attention to your breathing as much as possible. But at the end of the day, I still rely on my bottom to express like what they're going through when I check in with them. Yes, are both of our responsibility. It's our collective responsibility to keep you safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of checking in like is usually 
where I jump off from when I'm just starting with somebody new and just kind of figuring out again, like where this kink is coming from and why they want to dig deeper into it. Because our number one um, concern is keeping this person safe, right? We don't want to yeah. do harm. We want to hurt you. We don't want to harm you. So exactly. And like a lot of people use kink as like a form of like therapy for themselves too. not to say that kink should replace therapy, but yeah, it's a good touchstone for a lot of people. Yeah, it, c- it can be therapeutic if you want to approach it that way. Yeah. But don't dump your therapist for me, please. No, absolutely not. <laughs> don't do it. It's not a good idea. Um, okay, fabulous. I think we should head into a break, Phoenix. So why don't we do that? Okay. Everybody will be back with lots more. We've got some fun things that I'm going to ask uh, Phoenix about dream scenes and what maybe our duo might look like. So we're going to do that all after the break. Post podcast is sponsored by Come As You Are. Founded as a worker-owned cooperative, Come As You Are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. Come As You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website www.clubm4.com If anything looks interesting and you want to check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're here, of course, with Goddess Phoenix. Hello, Phoenix. Hello. So I think we got a pretty good idea with the first half, kind of like what you're about and what people can expect when they book you. Um maybe we can kind of put out into the universe some sessions that you would like to do. I know some dominants have like a list, you know, of things that they would like people to book them for. I wonder if you 
uh, can either improvise on the top of your head of some things that would be fun, or you actually do have one of these like bucket lists, fuck it lists. <laughs> on my bucket list, I really want to. So for myself, I've tried needle play on myself. I haven't done it on somebody else. I would definitely love to learn how to do needle play and mm-hmm. figure out how to incorporate needles in electricity. That is something that I've been so fascinated by for years and I'm excited to learn it. Yeah. Hopefully this one. Yeah, so that could look like, you know, doing a duo with someone who is very experienced in needles and they can kind of be, you can be doing the scene together, but also they can kind of be showing you how to do it and stuff like that. That could be like a stepping stone into doing needles. I would absolutely love that. Yeah. So I, I do needles. Um, you do? Uh, of course love, you do medical play. Love. Of course yeah. you do. That could be a thing we could do together. I love that. Very bonding. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, Indigo Blue also does needles. And um, uh, Cl- oh, what would be fun, actually? So Ms. Chloe Mars um, is starting to do needles as well. So that could be a fun really? trio. The three of us were like... I could do them and then like, you know, show you how to lay a few and have, we need a guinea pig, a guinea pig is what Who's going to be the pin cushion? That's Who's exactly what I was going to ask. We need to find a pin cushion. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm here to start now. Oh, yeah. Keep bugging so... headmistress. I'm like, when are we going to do needles? Yeah. I and obviously, Sharazad uh, does needles as well. So that that's an option as well. My first time doing needles with, with was with Sharazad in a duo. Um, yeah, which was fabulous. Yeah. Um, it was pretty awesome. Actually, he was down to be like our little our little pincushion experimental pincushion. But also something that was really advantageous actually is that he was hard of hearing and had a hearing aid so he actually just took out the hearing aids and she, and she could literally just teach me because he couldn't hear what the hell we, we were doing so she could literally like just basically hold a one-on-one class with the demo bottom and he was just there for the physical sensations of it, <laughs> it just completely really well. relaxed and blissed out yeah and having no idea that she's like okay so pam you got to go from this angle and see the bevel on the needle and blah 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 da, da, you know <laughs> like he was oblivious it was pretty what ideal. A very lucky guinea pig <laughs> yeah right so let's recreate that for sure Okay, electroplay is something you mentioned. So you said incorporating needles with electroplay. So like doing some buzzing on like the metal of the needles. Yeah, there was a session that I watched. I think it was like on, what was it like? It was like a kink porn site Mm -hmm. where the person set up a bunch of needles in the most intricate, beautiful design. But then they used a tiny piece of wire, metal wire, and wrapped it around each coil at the bottom of the needle section, sections. And then she slowly like electrified it. But I'm trying to figure out what she was using electricity wise because I couldn't tell if she was using a violet wand or if she was actually using something that has more of a direct current. Mm-hmm. It sounds like some kind of yeah, some sort of MacGyver situation. I love that. Yeah, but- I'm curious as to how people can incorporate those two things. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely you can touch like with a violet wand or whatever. You just tap that kind of on the needle on the on the part of the needle yeah. that's not been inserted in the person. Like leave, you know, over by the little the little handle there. Um, so that's yeah, and definitely. there's like sounding rods that you can get that are e stem too. So I'm just like, yes. if they already have anal and e stem toys, then like definitely sounding. There has to be something there. Are you a person that does sounding? I've done it on a few humans. I enjoy it. I would love to do more sessions like that, but I have no idea how to build like an entire medical place scene around just sounds. Mm -hmm. So usually it's been like edging and then sounding. I have never done like a medical place session with sounds. So I'm curious as to how that would look too. Mm -hmm. Are you interested in doing that, living in that universe, the MedFit universe? Yes and no. Like I think that on a subconscious level, I'd be appeasing my parents and finally becoming a nurse like they wanted. <laughs> Not in the That's avenue funny. that they wanted, but like <laughs> we got there. No, it's so funny. My mom, um, it was an RN forever. Um, she's retired now, but I uh, often really wonder what she thinks of me, like playing pretend doctor all the time on the internet. She's probably like, what the fuck? <laughs> just <laughs> like you fraud what is happening <laughs> you fraud not you fraud <laughs> you fraud you're not a real doctor i just play one in your dreams That's i think it would be bag. an interesting fad to see <laughs> and it's something that i've never really gotten like deep into i love watching it like yeah. if i can just scroll through online and just look at content it's interesting to watch but i've never participated Okay, so that could be something that might be interesting for you. Um, what else would be on your on your list of like fun sessions you would like to get booked for? Oh, fun sessions. I want more puppies. Where the hell are the puppies in Toronto? Yeah. Oh, I love Pet play sessions? Yeah, it's true. I haven't been booked for one in forever either. I have like one regular um, that I do regularly. But often, honestly, I haven't done pet play with somebody else in like forever. What's up with that? It's a lot of fun. That mixed with some impact play and I'm golden. I'm happy. Yeah, because is that like part of um, you enjoying like playful, um, the playful energy that pet play kind of lends to that? Yeah, absolutely. Like impact play is very lighthearted for me. Like we can have a lot of fun with that. Pet play and any form of like caregiver roles, it gives me a different avenue of myself to kind of work with. And I like being in nurturing spaces, but I also still like having like that patterning where you can still do like spankings and use different implements okay. as a means of like correcting behaviors. Or a low reward. Impact play could be a reward for a lovely good person, a good being, good human. Exactly. My favorite thing to say is is that the reward paddle looks suspiciously like the punishment paddle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Who was it? I think it was Erica. You had them on a couple of weeks ago. They have a spanky bear paddle. And yeah. I'm like, where on earth did you find this? Cutest thing in the world. Yeah. Spanky bears at ritual chamber. Um, you know, spanky bear has a little happy face. Always happy to oblige. Um, <laughs> um, what does that look like? So if people are like, Ooh, okay. Nurturing while I'm receiving impact, like what does, so for people that can't kind of bring those two things together in their brains, what does that look like for you? 
just a lot of touch to be quite honest and like kind of again like talking somebody through the pain that they're receiving helps or you can be completely silent and just use your physical being to kind of disarm them so it's just kind of finding ways to I think like I require like a lot of pleasure mapping so when I start off a session I kind of try to do what I can to get to know that person's body be it through massage or like just kind of working them through touch to see where the, the where they're the most reactive mm-hmm. so that while they're receiving pain I could still be incorporating something that they find pleasurable. I think that's really smart. I think that's something yeah, that's something that probably a lot of us do, but we're not doing it maybe intentionally. It's kind of we stumble on a sensitive spot or we, you know, we kind of find something and we're like, ooh, but and then maybe, you know, logging that information for later or like no to self, you know? <laughs> yeah, because again, like it's the same thing where you can use that pleasure against them too. Yeah, I like that you call it that you're intentionally like doing some pleasure mapping off the top because that's that is so smart because that's exactly what you need to do. Like if you want to bring them pleasure, you know, when you start the scene or later on in the scene, it's like you got to know where they receive the most pleasure or where they're the most sensitive or where what spot yeah. is the most painful or ticklish or like whatever the activities are. You got to you kind of kind of know that to be able to, again, deliver that nuance. You need information to be able to deliver. Exactly. And like, again, going through that level of nurturing play, it just gives me a different outlet versus just solely staying in a sadistic mindset, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I love corporal punishment as an idea, but I like being able to have that variance from time to time. Yeah. Would you say you're kind of like a chameleon as far as like, you know, the energy someone could request from you? Like, you've got range, I feel like. I feel like I have range, but I still wouldn't call myself a chameleon necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it depends like person to person where I'll try to like, again, acclimate to what they might need and what it is that they're wanting to feel. And I try to keep that as consistent as possible. But I think it really depends on the session because for me, like role play isn't like my strongest suit. So if somebody came to me with like a scripted thing, I'm like, okay, this is not free flowing enough for me to, just oh. get in there and like wing it. And I need kind of the space and room to wing it. Same. Like I like role play. And if someone gives me a script, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Really? Absolutely. No. But that's your time to shine. No, you will deny me my like, uh, uh, beholding my improv skills. No, you won't. Like, <laughs> why book me if you're going to not let me do my thing? You know, like, yeah. then this is all about you. This is supposed to be a collaboration. You know what I mean? So if you're a telling me... exactly. Yeah. So, like, if you're handing me a script and you need it to go by the book, I'm like, okay, I see the script. <laughs> I see that. Mm. I see that. But we're going to put that aside. You know, I've read it. I'll read it. But I'm going to put that aside. And then let the moment inform us you know like that's okay as a guideline and i like i love yeah. a guideline i'm like okay what's the premise you know if it's a role play what's like the premise you know where do you want to begin and where do you want the middle to be and where, where do you want this to end and then for me i'm like go time <laughs> like i don't need more than that other than the usual negotiation stuff of like yeah you know. i think that is really important to remove the expectation so that you can actually just have it free flow organically 
Yes. And I think it just makes for better scenes and just more fulfillment out of like the session. Give me a guideline. Don't give me a script. That. Yes. Because I think this happens. um, This happens often, you know, where people who haven't really played with a, maybe not a pro before, let's say, um, and they have a fantasy. They have a fantasy that they've been sitting on for like a decade, maybe. You know what I mean? They want to play it out, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, even if you gave me all of the information about this very specific particular fantasy, I'm not going to replicate it like it is in your brain. Because guess what? Our fantasies in our heads, like, are not bound by, like, the laws of <laughs> gravity. Like, like the laws of reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're not, they're just not possible. Even if I could mind read, we couldn't replicate it. Um, and I think that is a common thing. Like, people see a video and they want to re- recreate it. Or people have a long-standing fantasy, they want to recreate it. Or people have a scene they did in real time with somebody and they want to recreate it. And it's like, okay, that's all well and fine, but know what will be better. And I guarantee it will be better if you actually let my brain be in the room with yours. And we actually kind of recenter this where it's more about us in the present connecting and experiencing this thing together. Like I guarantee that will be a better experience. Yeah, and at the, end of the, at the end of the day, they are still there to serve. So yeah. kind of remembering that and then us as the tops kind of keeping in mind like what they're passionate about and like what emotional and physical space they want to enter into. I think it just makes for a lot more fun. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like you hired a dominant, didn't you? So why are you telling me what to do with all of this stuff it's like you know what i mean if we're even going it takes with- all the fun out of it if you already know what you expect then like why are we doing it yeah like the fun thing about giving a guideline it's like okay great i'll choose when and where to use those things you know and that's you know and i'm gonna maybe i'll use those activities to absolute excess so you're losing your mind and you're overstamped or maybe i'll deny them of you until the very end or until the moment i you know need something from you or maybe you know what i mean like then there are a lot of options so i'm not against of like doing again i really like in-depth negotiation i want all the information but then let's put it aside let's throw it out you know let's really talk in depth and then let's put it aside and with all that kind of background information, then we'll just kind of create a scene together. That's where I'm best. It's a beautiful place to be. It's a beautiful place to be with me in a dungeon. Um, so, okay. We talked about maybe what a duo might look like with us. Is there anyone else that, you know, um, you're kind of looking at as far as the ritual chamber team that you would really like to duo with? Okay, so if I'm being honest, like, I definitely want to work with everybody across the board because there's just so much more learning that I can do. Yeah. And I think that it would just be a wonderful exploration. My first trio was with Eris and Zianna, and I would love to do another trio again. That was, like, my very first, like, shadow session, and, like, it was mind-blowing, to say the least. What did you think about like their styles? Like if we're looking at Zienna, what did you think? What did you take away from? It was like watching place? two lions tear into an animal, like another animal. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was angelic. Like I was floored. I was floored. <laughs> and like, I couldn't have imagined like a better like starting point for 
like my introduction into the ritual chamber and i just felt like really honored to like be there and be able to actually like get started and be welcomed into the session at that because i think initially i was just like wow what do i expect and i again i had to like relinquish my need to have an expectation like i don't know what i'm gonna walk into i'm gonna trust headmistress shahzad's like experience and like what she is like put together as her staff that it's going to melt it's just gonna work yeah and there's just like a lot of fluidity and what's the word i'm looking for i can't find it it escapes me she left you speechless she left you speechless yeah that's all i could say i texted headmistress afterwards i was like i'm speechless (laughs) i had no idea what to expect i had no clue how the session would go and the bottom that we had that day was phenomenal with intaking like sensation and we were able to virtually everything and anything it was a lot of fun what does what is like a good bottom to you specifically like what is the you know if you could pick your you know you could hand pick a submissive to do a scene with you what are they given back to you in the scene that you really love mm. That's a good question. I don't think there's necessarily like one way a good bottom could look because I feel like there's just so many different like archetypes and mm-hmm. different folks out there. I really appreciate having like obedience and an understanding, like a firm understanding of where my boundaries are. And if that's respected, then I'm willing to give like a lot more during a session. I really value again being able to like see somebody go into their subspace and having that person trust me to get them there. Mm-hmm. And I think that once I'm able to see that person like kind of single-handedly to just kind of like relax into themselves and find stillness, it brings like a lot of pleasure mm-hmm. to my mind and it kind of allows me to free flow a little easier. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. Yeah. Someone who's willing to like open up a bit with you, you know, and go there with you, you know? Even if they are kind of nervous at the beginning or whatever. It's a judgment-free space, though. And, like, again, being able to mutually share that with somebody where we can kind of let things ebb and flow. Like, it just makes for such wonderful sessions. But I don't think I have one type of, like, favorite kind of sub. I think that's a good answer to have because you're going to have all types, right? You're going to have all kinds. So... And everybody experiences submission. It's very personal, right? They experience submission in so many different ways it's so subjective it's so unique it's so special right so yeah yeah. that's another thing i like let people know is like i don't have any expectations surrounding like you know what you're gonna do either not only am i asking that of you for myself and for the scene but like i just want to let you know that like you experience this how you how you want to experience this and i'll like i'll lock in you know yeah I'll move to you. Not to say that I don't love me a good masochist. Like, I love having a strong session, but definitely open to a lot of different kinds of folks. Favorite implements for um, a sadist such as yourself? I really like using my bare hands. Mm. Like, you can do a lot of damage with your hands and canes. I'm still working on vlogging, and I want to learn how to use a cane. There's a central cane and sensual whip workshop that I was really fascinated by a couple months back that I didn't get a chance to attend that I really want to go through the works with. Do you know offhand who was facilitating that? 
No, but I also saw that there was different things offered through Ritual Chamber, so I wanted to explore further and see what other workshops I can take. Yeah, I'm being asked to put together, I've been doing online workshops for, you know, years at this point now. Uh, yeah. And I finally have the opportunity to do an in-person one. And I'm trying to think what what topic, you know, would would be best to do in person versus online. Unfortunately, I just taught improv, so it can't be improv. I'm thinking, okay, well, I know that to me, that was my go to. I'm like, well, shit, I literally just taught a couple weeks ago. So I'm trying to I think, think people now. would benefit from doing it in person too, though. Yeah, like a part two is like the sister class is in person, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll think I'll pitch it to Sharza to see what she thinks. My other option is like maybe doing role play might be another one that would be good in person. But I'd like to do something that like has contact, you know, like something like impact related or like something to do with a fine skill that you're actually getting to use the thing in real time rather than just talking about the theory of it, you know. I think that's really practical and it, it kind of gets people further engaged. When I took the Passion and the Power workshop a couple months back, mm. it was taught by Luna and Headmistress Shazad, and like oh, I found it wonderful human. Love. Taught us rope skills. It was Love. so Luna fabulous. Luna Matadas. Luna Matadas, everybody. She's a fabulous <laughs> fucking sex and kink educator. Like, get get on it. Peg the patriarchy. Here we go. <laughs> Peg the patriarchy. If we're talking about good merch, Luna has it, okay? <laughs> exactly. If we're talking about what we're going to put on our tote bags, <laughs> Luna has yeah, the best. <laughs> the best tagline. Hands down ever. the best. Oh my God, yeah. They created such a wonderful workshop and like, hmm. I think it was like a three-day adventure and I got so much more than what I expected out of that workshop. And I genuinely thought that I was going to just show up, learn how to use a blogger, move on. And <laughs> it was so much more than that. Because I think Sharazad is very in line with like what you're talking about, about like wanting to do, you know, activities are fun and all that. But like, let's, you know, let's talk about like how this can be also at the same time as like hot and sexy and physical, but like can be deeply meaningful also and how it can change yeah. you. I definitely want to learn more and there's a spirituality workshop that's in person that's coming up too because my goal is to learn more about holistic practices and like kind of deepen my education around kink and psychology too. find those things all work in tandem when it comes to playing. I love that you're like have it seems like you have such a passion to learn and um, I hope that continues because like you can never learn everything you can never you know what I mean every day is a school no, day baby and so like Every day is a school day. Yeah, even myself, I'm like, I've been doing pro work for quite a few years at this point. But like, even for me, I'm like, yes, take all the classes, like continue, continue yeah. ongoing. Yeah, always. Exactly. And I'm really passionate about having that happen for me, because I think that I kept myself in a space where I told myself that I wouldn't be able to, like, pursue this professionally or go into domination. Yeah. So kind of taking the action to learn as much as I possibly could. But then also taking the information that I learn and applying action to it, because you can collect all the information if you're not doing anything with it. It's just stored information in your mind and nobody actually gets to benefit from what you've learned and you don't actually get to put anything into practice, right? Yeah, well said. Um, okay, we are coming around the corner of the hour. Goddess Phoenix. Do you want to tell us where we can find and follow you, give you money, book you? All that good stuff? 
everything should be attached to i have a twitter mm-hmm. and that's going to be yes phoenix also instagram yes phoenix and i believe that i'm up on the ritual chamber website now so mm-hmm. it should be accessible for bookings and duos and trios that way fabulous yeah so the ritualchamber.ca just go on over to the staff and then we've got you right there goddess phoenix these pictures damn who's the photographer for these ritual chamber pictures stop it right now they look wild like this purple lighting in the back obsessed really thank you Uh, i had a mishap kind of happen last minute with that so i'm happy that some of the photos turned out pretty decent pretty decent come on now (laughs) i had high expectations for they turned out pretty decent I had different expectations and like, again, with COVID being what it is, sometimes you can't predict somebody getting sick. And it was so last minute that I was like, okay, we're going to go in and do what we can to get everything started and then redo it later. Yeah. There will always be more photo shoots, right? That's the thing. (laughs) Yeah. I think we come. That's what I was told. Yeah. Like you're going to be taking a gazillion pictures of yourself literally all the time. So (laughs) Not like, how worry. do you get used to posting as consistently? Ooh, that's tough. It It is tough. Like, it is probably the hardest part of the job. Yeah, all the admin type stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Because you essentially, you have to have two jobs now, right? You're an influencer and you're a pro-dominant. So, Jeez. yeah, trying to keep those like kind of work, work, boundaries is like number one if you're talking about like how important boundaries are to you um yeah creating like some really good personal slash work-life boundaries surrounding like when and where you post you know how much you're on your phone that'll that'll be the uh the best thing for you long term I think yeah yeah it's been quite the adjustment because prior I was just posting independently and like very infrequent at that Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was just like, okay, we're gonna have to figure out how to actually do this on a more consistent basis. Yeah. And also absolutely. fully put myself out there as a kingster. Yeah, yeah, which is a big transition, right? Yeah. Hell well, yeah. Freaking congrats to you, Goddess Phoenix. We're so absolutely ecstatic to have you join us at the ritual chamber so everybody once again at yes phoenix phoenix has two x's at the end both on instagram and twitter or you can go on over to the ritual chamber website and book via there so uh for me folks you should know where to follow me by now i'm at the lady pim one on twitter that is where i'm on the most active but if you must go on over to instagram i'm at the lady pim at the bedpost podcast we have a Patreon also. It's the Bedpo Show. We have a YouTube channel also. It's the Bedpo Show. And guess what? I'm 40 years old and I've just started a TikTok. Check out the disaster at the Lady Bim on TikTok. And I never like to go an episode without thanking the lovely lady who does all the original music for my pod. Her name is Stephanie Copeland. You can reach her, stephcopelandmusic.com, to see the rest of her work. And then once again, Goddess Phoenix, this has been so absolutely fun to chat with you for the very first time. Um, it was such an honor. Oh, it's an honor. Honor right back at ya. Book us for a duo, people. <sighs> Get on it now. Do it now. So we'll see you next week, everybody, with another fun and sexy guest here on the Bedpost Podcast talking about sex and sexuality. Until then, get fucked, everybody. Goodbye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 